The game of the week in the Pac-12 is USC at Oregon State. Keys to the game, players to watch, most important factors, everything that will determine the outcome in Corvallis. Got you right here on Locked On Pac-12 and another edition of our Pac-12 Prime Picks, 5-1 and one in the last two weeks. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. Big thank you to everybody out there who has done so already. And who else would I bring on for today's show? Looking at the USC-Oregon State game most notably, then Carter Baines, senior editor and writer at beaverblitz.com. Carter, I don't think it's underselling it to say this is probably the biggest game in Jonathan Smith's tenure. Is, is that is that an overreaction on my part? No, I think and I I think you're spot on too saying it's the the biggest game in the Pac-12 this week. Obviously there's a couple of matchups you got I mean Oregon and Washington State comes to mind too, but uh the Beavers and Trojans both coming into this game at 3 and 0. I I think the stakes are high obviously for the Trojans cuz they need as many wins as they can get to build up May, but Oregon State on the flip side is is looking to reach that top tier of the Pac-12 and compete for a conference title. And if you're going to do that, this is the kind of game that you want to at least be extremely competitive in, uh, if not win outright. It, it feels to me for Jonathan Smith now in year five in in Corvallis, like such a massive opportunity like what you talked about the opportunity to catapult yourself into the upper echelon I think right now you know coming into this year and as the season currently stands many people myself included have Oregon State as an upper mid Pac-12 team right but below the top tier but if you win this game if you're 4-0 going into conference play Obviously, the Bees would crack the top 25, which they have an argument to do right now, certainly. But this win would get them there. And, man, it would just feel like a, a different sort of excitement level in Corvallis for the Beavs if they're able to to pull this upset. Yeah, I, th- I think you'd have, at that point, the best Oregon State team since 2012. Uh, that squad, I, I believe, opened at 6-0 and 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 had a couple of ranked victories along the way there, too. They had a big win against BYU. They went down to the Rose Bowl and beat a pretty good UCLA team that year. So I think it was that 2012 squad, which won nine games and went to the Alamo Bowl. So um, I, I think, you know, there have been a lot of comparisons between that team and this year's team already. And I think if Oregon State were to pull this upset at Reeser, I, I think you would see those um, those similarities continue to to kind of pile up. And I think that point would be that Oregon State would kind of reach the same success that that squad had, get uh, an eight, nine, even potentially ten win season under their belts, and um, I, I think really put um, put the finishing touches on this rebuild under Jonathan Smith. Yeah, and it's been progressing at a slowish and steady rate, but I think by Oregon State standards, Beaver fans are overall happy, and you have to—I I think you have to be—with the start that they're off to this season. You and I both thought they would split with the Mountain West schools, but you pick up a couple wins there, and it's all about progress, right? It—it it, it was not a rapid 
turnaround. But I think at Oregon State, it's really tough to ask that of, of a head coach to be able to flip it around and say, yeah, you're, you know, one and 11 this year. And then you fire a head coach, come in and, you know, win five, six games the following season. This has been a process of patience for Oregon State, and they have a chance to really pay it off. Just big picture going into the actual matchup. The Beavs are a popular betting pick, which we're certainly going to get to today. But when you look at the teams that, that are going to be taking the field, USC and that high-octane explosive offense and, and Oregon State, that is also, in a different sense, an explosive and capable offense. How are you feeling going into this one for the Beavs, playing at home as about a, a five-and-a-half-point underdog now? Well, I think they're going to have to be able to score points because this has all the makings of a shootout. Uh, USC has scored more than 40 points in all three of its games so far. Uh, I think it's averaging like 500, almost 550 yards a game. So um, I think the Trojans are going to be able to move the ball and score on the Beavers defense, which while improved over last year, certainly uh, these these first three games of, of Trent Bray's first full season, as the defensive coordinator, you know, that, that group has improved for sure. But I, I think asking them to slow down a trio of, of three of the best players at their positions in the country in Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, and Travis Dye, uh, that is, I mean, that's a huge ask, especially when you see what that group has already done uh, over the first three weeks of the season. So Oregon State has to move the ball. Um, pretty efficiently, pretty effectively against this USC defense as if, if it wants to have a chance, because I see this game being won in probably the upper 30s to low 40s. Defensively, Oregon State has been improved. They're going up against a much bigger test, as you alluded to, in USC. I feel like one way Oregon State hangs around in this game, and one reason, as I'll get to, I'm pretty confident in how the Beavs will at least perform in this game, is their offensive style, they can score a lot of points, but they can also keep the ball away from USC if they want to. And to me, if I'm Jonathan Smith and Brian Lindgren, the offensive coordinator, part of my game plan going in has to be run the football effectively because this is a USC defense that has not been able to, to stop a nosebleed in the running game so far. It hasn't mattered because they've just forced a bunch of turnovers through the first three weeks. But I think you got to have an emphasis on, on running the football here, and you can't get away from that because if you turn this into an air raid shootout, Chance Nolan against Caleb Williams, I like Chance Nolan. He's looked good this year, was high in him coming into the season. He's not Caleb Williams. There, there is a gap there, and that favors USC. But if Oregon State can keep Caleb Williams standing on the sideline, I think that's how they can give their defense a helping hand to stay around and, and potentially win this game. For sure. Yeah. Just limit the possessions, you know, overall um, take Caleb Williams and, and keep him off the field. Like you said, I think and I'll talk about the run here in a sec, but to that same point defensively, I think forcing a turnover or two is going to be huge. USC hasn't coughed the ball up yet this year, but anything to, uh, to create extra possessions and give its offense more opportunities to keep up with the Trojans is going to be huge. And so I think taking the ball away there, uh, is is a point of emphasis for me. But to your point about the running game, man, I, I mean, Oregon State ran for like 300 yards on USC last year in the call. That, that USC front seven just absolutely stood. I mean, it did not put up a fight against Oregon State's offensive line last year. I mean, it was, it was shocking what the Beavers were able to do in the trenches last year. And 
uh, of course, USC has made improvements defensively under Alex Grinch. And, you know, the, the takeaways are there. Ten turnovers through three games is incredibly impressive. Um, but a lot of that, I think, is is stemming from the back end. Um, you know, you've got Tui Tuli, uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu on the, on the defensive line, but uh, nobody else there has, I think, made a case to say okay yeah they can they can go and run game which has been so prolific for so long uh this is it's kind of a prove it game i i guess is kind of what i'm saying for for the usc defense it's you know is is that defense really improved we're going to see it uh we're going to see whether or not that's the case against an oregon state offense that that torched them last year and necessarily been able to establish the run this year to the extent that they did last year and to the extent that i think they're hoping to the rest of the way they've got an opportunity to do it this year or this week against, like I said, a team that they, they certainly lit up last year. Yeah. And USC's defense has been very opportunistic. They've been making plays, but they've been allowing a lot of yards. That Stanford game, I think was very telling the Cardinal moved the ball consistently, but were not able to capitalize. They had two turnovers inside the five yard line. And if Oregon state is able to execute and continue to move the ball that way, I think they're going to be able to put points up on the board. We'll get some of the most important matchups individually in this game and the biggest units to watch out for in Corvallis this weekend. But first a reminder, this episode is brought to you by underdog fantasy. They've got an easy-to-play format. It's available in over 30 states. You can pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower than a given total. You could look at Chance Nolan. You could look at Deshaun Fenwick or Caleb Williams or Mario Williams or anybody else that is in this game or any Pac-12 game this weekend. All you have to do is sign up with the promo code Locked On. One word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. It's that easy. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On to get in on the college football pick'em action today. So, Carter, what are the most important? Let's start individual matchups that you're watching in this game. It could be an offensive lineman against a defensive lineman, a wide receiver and and a corner. Those sorts of one-on-one battles that could ultimately define who emerges victorious from Research Stadium on Saturday. I think the one that stands out the most to me is is obviously slowing down Jordan Addison, who scored five times already. Uh, he's looking like the best receiver in the country, as I think everybody expect he expected he would. Um, can Oregon State slow him down? And I think the Beavers are probably going to roll with Alex Austin on him. Uh, Austin was was tasked with slowing down Drake London last year in the Coliseum and, and struggled with that. A handful of pass interferences got beat a few times. But then after that game, I think we saw Alex Austin really step things up. And I think that was a big game for him in, in, in just his development, you know, he got tested a lot and I think he, he was better for it. Uh, and by the end of the year, he was Oregon state by a mile. And this year, Oregon state has relied upon him. Excuse me. Oregon state has relied upon him to lead that, that secondary as, as its top coverage corner. Uh, and so I think he's going to match up against Jordan Addison this week and, and obviously slowing down USC's biggest skill position threat and horse uh, is is going to be key to to keeping the USC offense out of the end zone. 
What do you think the best unit matchup is? Is it that Oregon State secondary against the USC receivers, the Oregon State offensive line against the USC defensive line? That's one where I look at it and go, if the Trojans' defensive line with uh, guys like Corey Foreman step up and are stout against the run, I think the Trojans could, could win this game by double digits. I don't anticipate that happening, as we'll get to with our predictions coming up in, in a couple minutes. But I, I think that what you what you have in that situation is Oregon State has to be able to run the ball well. The offensive line has to be able to to push USC around the way they did a, a season ago. But is there another unit on unit matchup that you feel is going to really define this game? I'm with you there because I, I, I just think that that USC D line versus Oregon State O line was the story of last year's game. And so that's something that I'm watching. Okay, well, is Oregon State as good up front as it was last year? Is USC better than it was defensively up front? Um, I think that matchup alone has the potential to be the difference in this game. But I think the flip side is important too because for Oregon State, defensively that defensive backfield is in my opinion I, I think it could very well be the best in the Pac-12 uh, when you've got four all-conference players coming back from last year they've already taken the ball away six times with six interceptions um, that group is is living up to expectations and I think it will find success against Caleb Williams um, it I mean it's I, I don't think Oregon State's defensive backfield is going to light things up and you know particularly yeah, against, success against is Ronaldo. success is a relative term yeah yeah, it's 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 very relative. But um, no, the, the point that I was, was trying to make there is that the the front seven I think is 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 going to make the be the potential difference maker for Oregon State's defense this week. It's you know you know what you're going to get from the back end, and so can the front seven create pocket pressure? Can it force Caleb Williams to throw the ball away a couple of times? Can it force him into a bad throw so that your star defensive backs and safeties can? maybe come away with a pick. I mean, this this matchup is is probably the biggest for Oregon State. It's the Beavers cannot win this game if they don't generate pocket pressure. And well, I think they did that to an extent against Fresno State and Jake Hayner. Hayner honestly got what he wanted for most of that game. And and so uh, home a couple of times against Caleb Williams, I think that's going to go a long way for this defense, but if not, it could be a pretty long day. All right, Carter, it's time for our game predictions, and I'm sticking with how I felt coming into the season. I've got the Beavs. This is going to be a Pac-12 prime pick, and when, when I was you know going through the show rundown and when I would have bet it, I had it 6.5. It's down to 5.5. I'd probably take that too because I've got the Beavs winning this one outright in an upset 34-30. to 30. I, I'm, I'm trusting Oregon State at homeless th- this year, a place where they did not lose in 2021. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. And if they can just get one interception of Caleb Williams to thwart a scoring opportunity for the Trojans, I think that can do it for him. And I like that secondary a lot. Rajon Wright has had good moments. Jaden Grant has been exceptional. I'm taking the Beavs to to pull the upset here. How do you feel? That's bold. I mean, looking at the that just came out this morning, maybe it's not entirely bold because I think just about everybody in the world is is kind of on your side there, at least with Oregon State covering. But um, I I tend to lean with USC here, and I I just think that it's it's such a tough matchup for Oregon State coming into the year. This is a game that you and I differed on, and I had 
USC coming up to Corvallis and, and getting the job done. You obviously had the beeves and you're sticking with it. I'm, I'm going to stick with my pick too. Uh, I, I just think while Oregon state has looked better than, than I anticipated through week through three weeks, USC has, has potentially looked even better than, um, or has, has potentially impressed me even more than, than Oregon state. And so, um, there's there's nothing I've seen from USC that suggests uh, that that I need to to flip my pick here. And as much as I want to pick the upset, because I think that would just be it'd be absolutely program defining for Oregon State and for Jonathan Smith to to pull off this kind of win. Um, I, I just think USC's too tough of an offense to to keep up with. Now I I, I will say though, Oregon State has the off. It's if if anyone in the conference has the offense to score with USC, it's it's probably Oregon State. So, um, the the potential is there, but I'm I'm gonna go with USC here by seven or eight. In a shocking turn of events, I am more popular with Beaver fans than you <laughs> at uh, at this particular moment. Uh, before we take a break and hop into Pac-12 prime picks, a couple other notable games I just want your your quick thoughts on uh, across the conference. Oregon going to Washington State, six and a half point favorite there uh, against the Cougs, and one that doesn't have the highest stakes in the world, but for each program could just be so critical. To, to get a win. It's Arizona and Cal, the latter, uh, and the Cougs and the Ducks. What do you think about each of those matchups? Well, that first one's USC in, in a lot of ways. I think Oregon State and Washington State are kind of on the same trajectory right now. Um, we both, in, in the beginning of the year, said these are teams that could make that leap uh, and start to compete against some of the top teams in the conference. And and at 3-0 and through non-conference play, I have a way to doing that. So. Washington State going going up against Oregon, I think, is is playing for a lot of the same things that the Beavers are against the Trojans. Uh, so that's that's going to be one to watch for me there. Is as you look for the Cougs to um, to to continue to to kind of shock the Pac-12 a little bit, and then could have bowl implications. You know, one of those teams might get up to six wins, and this is obviously a game that. Is, is going to be important for that winning team and getting there because they're not going to have a ton of opportunities, I don't think, against uh, other teams to pull out wins. So uh, both have big stakes in, in their own right, I think. Yeah, and I think for Cal and Arizona, being 3-1 and one versus being 2-2 two and two just gives the locker room a different presence, right? And, and it's noteworthy enough that neither one will be under 500 going into week five this season. I think both programs would have taken that coming into the year, a chance to, to continue to you know push towards bowl eligibility at that point in the season. But when you're three and one and you're a team that, that's coming off of a losing season, Arizona won an 11 a year ago, Cal, you know, was five and seven, but they were one and five to start. And then, you know, kind of beat up a little bit that, but to their credit got wins against some lower level Pac-12 competition, including a, a demoralized USC team at the end at home. And I don't know if we'll see Cal lose to USC again while they're in the Pac-12. I certainly don't anticipate that uh, with Lincoln Riley at the helm. But when you've got those sorts of seasons in your memory banks, being three and one just gives a different vibe around a program inside a locker room and the way they play on the field. I think it, it, it can definitely be reflected in how a season uh, plays out. So definitely a couple of uh, big games 
there. We're going to get to our Pac-12 prime picks here in week three, which have been on fire as of late. I'm hoping to keep it going, and I'm betting them, of course, with Bet Online, your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, Go Mariners, who are terrifying me right now. I'm going to try not to talk about it. MMA, boxing, my personal favorite golf. Big President's Cup guy here. I love Team International Golf. I don't know about you, Carter, but President's Cup, Ryder Cup, electric, electric stuff. Head to betonline.net to use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. So Parker, let's Parker. I did that again. I've called you Parker yeah. before. Anyway, Carter. And and this one was in the middle of the show. Last time we just said, <laughs> all right, let's just press the record button again and, and give it another try. But there's there's no <laughs> <laughs> No, that's just an L on my part. Let's get into our Pac-12 prime picks here in uh, week four. And they got off to a tough start here in 2022 for me in their inaugural appearance. This being the first football season where I've been hosting the show. Went 0-3 in week one. 5-1 and the last couple of weeks. Did not listen to Vegas. They were trying to tell me to pick Washington. I instead rode with the Spartans. And they were coming down for a backdoor cover and ultimately did not get it done at the end. But we got Utah right last week. We got USC both winning big. I thought about putting Utah in there, but obviously I've got Oregon State in there at at plus six and a half. It's down to five and a half now. I would take either number because I'm I'm going with the outright victory here. But you don't think Oregon State's going to win the game. But which side of this bet would you take? I'm I'm still leaning USC here. Uh, I potential for this game to get somewhat out of hand is still there. Uh, I, I think the Beavers are going to be competitive, but you look at that USC offense and you say, well, what if they put up 50 on Oregon State? You know, can Oregon State keep up and, and score 45 to cover this thing? I don't know. Uh, so I, I think that bill there. So I, I would lean uh, USC. I, I just think that the number has gotten too low. Uh, with with all of the money that's gone on Oregon State's side in the last few days. My second pick of the week is the Ducks. I, I'm taking a minus six and a half, which is a decent amount to give up on the road at Washington State. But I think Oregon wins that game probably by, you know, 10 to 13 points. And the reason I feel that way is the Ducks defense is coming off of a week in which they have to be supremely confident against BYU. And they looked like they are starting to have it click against a good BYU team. And they held a future NFL quarterback in Jaron Hall to seven points in the first three quarters. And then, you know, allowed a couple of scores there when, when the game was out of hand and Oregon's reserves ran on offense and kind of turned the ball over there. Washington state deserves a lot of credit for going to Wisconsin and winning. But when you watch that game and look at the story of the game and the box score as well, Washington State got outplayed. Now, they made those those impact plays on defense. They forced turnovers when they needed to, but they were outgained by 150 yards against Wisconsin. They ran for only 61. Cam Ward has not yet made uh, the, the sort of leap to where I can say he looks comfortable and fluid. Maybe this is his breakout game, but so far... You know, they struggled against Idaho. The offense only scored 17 points. That was enough to get the win against 
Wisconsin, but I like the Ducks offense more more than the Badgers, and this is under a touchdown, so I'm taking the Ducks here minus six and a half. I'm with you there, and I think the six and a half number is is key at, with this game because all Oregon has to do is win by a touchdown. Um, I mean, I, I guess easier. Don't said watch than, the extra point. Yeah, easier said than done. There, I I don't know who the, is 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 it still Camden Lewis or who's who's yep, the kicker? Yep, down yep, in, Cam, yeah, yep. Okay. Camden Lewis is still Oregon's kicker. So so his job is very important this week with that six and a half number. But um, no, I I, I think. More often than not, I'm pretty confident with Oregon winning by a touchdown, at least in this matchup. Obviously, the Ducks just put up, uh, what, well, I, 41, I guess, 41. And, yeah, B- yeah, BYU came back and scored some points late there. But, I mean, that was that had all the makings of a, a five-touchdown kind of win over a, a top, what, 12 team last week. And so I, th- I think Oregon has kind of expelled some of the demons of that Georgia loss uh, with a couple of uh, a couple of high-scoring performances. And obviously you expect to take care of business against Eastern Washington. But um, a, a get-right game there. And then I, I think they, they really picked things up last week. So I, I like Oregon by a touchdown here. All right, last one, a Pacific Northwest theme for me here on this week's edition of the Pac-12 Prime Picks, brought to you, of course, by Bet Online. Washington giving up less than two touchdowns at home to Stanford. I was going to stay away, but this line, when I was putting the show rundown together and looking at it, it was 13 and a half. Here's the reason I, I feel confident about Washington in, in this spot against the Cardinal. And coming into the year, yeah, I, I thought Stanford would be a little better. I didn't think Washington would be at this level. But seeing what I have seen now, the Huskies are not just rolling. They're rolling at home. And so for them, this feels like a rinse and repeat. They come out against Kent State, interception on the first play, win comfortably, offense slinging it around the field. They come out the next week, FCS opponent in Portland State. You should thrash them. They did. You come out against Michigan State. Again, same routine, same environment, same field. And you have all the same guys because there have not been any major injuries for the Huskies, which is notable when Michael Penix is your quarterback who has looked like the best version of himself in this is fifth year of college football. So this game again is at home. And I watched Stanford get torched by USC's passing defense, even with Caillou Blue Kelly on the back end. That Cardinal defense is still not making the, the progression that we you know perhaps thought it might here in 2022. There's still a lot of season for them left to play. They had an oddly timed buy a, a week ago, but it, they're clearly vulnerable through the air. Penix and these Husky receivers have got great chemistry. They're rolling. They're at home again, and I think this is one where, where they could run away with it. I like the pick. I just think that Stanford might be knocking at that back door a little bit late in the fourth quarter. We saw that against USC. Uh, Stanford stayed within 13 there. All they have to do is stay within 13 against Washington. And I, I think USC is the better team between those two. And I mean, obviously it's comparing games like that is, is always apples and oranges, but um, I, I think the potential there is is score late and and get back within two touchdowns against a Washington team, Washington team that while it has obviously played very well through three games, I mean Stanford's still its second best opponent so far. Um, this is I, I think in some ways, like I've said with some of these other games, I think this is kind of one of those for Washington where you know coming off of a big win how do you do as far as avoiding a letdown goes? This is a, a conference game and, and crazy things happen in the Pac-12. 
crazy things happen in Seattle at 7.30 p.m. on a Saturday night. You know, I, I think Stanford's a better team given them credit for. They're not great, but I, I think that they have enough pieces to be competitive uh, in, in every game this year. And so I, I like Stanford to, uh, to to stay within two touchdowns here. But I, I, I do agree with you. Washington could run away with this, but I, I wouldn't pick it. Well, we only see eye-to-eye on the Oregon-Washington State game. We'll just have to see how it all plays out. Another exciting weekend ahead. If you want to bet any of it, check out Bet Online for all your football betting needs. Carter Bain, senior editor and writer at beaverblitz.com, talking about USC and Oregon State today and the Pac-12 Prime picks. Carter, great to talk to you as always. Yep, thanks for having me. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. Enjoy the football this weekend and have a wonderful rest of your day.